The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, and Arizona. From boosted parlays to in-game odds of every major sport, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today and receive a $1,000 risk-free sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit WINNBet.com and start winning today. We're also brought to you by PropSwap, America's number one app to buy and sell sports bets. Use promo code SGP on your first deposit and receive up to $500 in bonus cash. That's PropSwap.com, promo code SGP. And next, we're brought to you by PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for free sports betting picks, props, and parlays. Download the free PicksWise app now to make your next bet better. And finally, we're also brought to you by Odds Crowd. Are you the best better in football in the United States? Odds Crowd challenges you to prove it with their free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Odds Crowd gives away hundreds of dollars in weekly contests, including the $100 SGPN exclusive free roll contest. But of course, you can only find that at Odds Crowd. And finally, before I let you get started with the episode, I want to remind you guys to download the SGPN app because it is your home for all of our free picks, news, podcasts, and oh so much more. You can download that in either the Google Play Store or the Apple Store. Heidi Ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. We're up to episode 77, so we'll dedicate this one to 1977, an awesome year for a brother to be born. And I was going to, yeah, never mind, I was going to go in, I was going to come out hot today and go in on dirtbag, alcoholic domestic abusers, but I'm just going to let that slide, because Dan mentioned last podcast, that person's irrelevant to MMA anyhow. So, hi everybody, I'm Jeff Fox, your host, thank you for coming to our podcast this is a podcast that's so jam-packed full of content. Now we don't have to have long, rambling introductions like we used to. Maybe once the Contender Series ends, we'll have to have to start that up again. But no, not now. Things are jam-packed. We have nothing but winning picks for you. So let's get right down to the nitty-gritty. Let's introduce my associate co-host. I call him a co-host, but I think I think he officially is an associate host, I think is what he's been elevated to earlier on. Um, some people call him... The uh, Contender Series Soothsayer. Some call him the Tuesday Night <laughs> Truther. I call him Daniel Gumby Reland. Hi, Daniel. The the Tuesday Night Truther sounds sort of nefarious. So I, I, I think know. I like. What was the first one? Uh, the con- like, Contender Series Soothsayer. I, I, I like figured you like that better. I, yeah, I like that one better. That one's got a. It, it's sort of got that like tacky ring of like early two yep. thousands MMA nicknames where it was oh, yeah. far where they were far too long and also like didn't rhyme or weren't alliterative like the Filipino wrecking machine or uh, yep. the po- the Polish experiment you know just those like oh, awful Christoph Soshinsky yeah, so, yeah. Yes, of course. He was on the um, Ultimate so Fighter did you know he was on the Ultimate he was fighter? there we go first Ultimate <laughs> fight, first Ultimate Fighter. Uh, mentioned so are you gonna get that um tattooed across your upper back tuesday uh, the ever... contender no no just that's usually what you do with with uh, oh, nicknames okay. or on your stomach i had a guy who i actually used to train with he was like a he was like an amateur mma champ out of my gym and he had his last name tattooed on his back which i know is also like a, a pretty standard mma thing at this point in time right like you, you yep. just get your name except for his name was jake smith and that was <laughs> so it just 
Like, first of all, it didn't, like, fill up his whole back because it's, like, no. you know, it's not a long last name. And also, like, it's, like, literally the most generic name you could have. But oh, it's it, it said Smith. He actually turned pro and was 1-0 at CES MMA, uh, which is now available on Fight Pass. See, there you go, Dan's full of information. Full of information. He's also full of, like you said, we don't just call him the Tuesday night in the Contender Series soothsayer because uh, just for the heck of it, this this guy knows how to pick your contender series fights, don't you? It's you. Know, there's always, <clears throat> excuse me. There's always one, like it's always one fight throws a spanner in the works, as I think the British. That's a British expression. But yeah, there's always one fight that screws things up on you. But yeah, like what three weeks in a row you've gotten one wrong, I think, right each week. Yeah, three weeks in a row I got one wrong. A little bit easier to do it this week because uh, there were only four fights uh, with yeah. obviously the guy who I was very high on, Manuel yeah. Gacha. You know, I, I even had some tweets at me this week telling me that his number had risen up and where he was at, and he was getting yep. to be an even bigger underdog. I really do think we would have cashed if he had not had his whatever health problems uh, are ailing him because he missed weight pretty badly and then yep. uh, had to pull out from the fight anyway. So I'm assuming he's got some stuff going on. It could have been some of the travel or whatever, but sort of disappointing that we didn't get a chance to go four and one with the big underdog, but we did have one underdog in there too. You did. Yeah. Everybody on the SGPN Slack uh, channel, which I um, strongly suggest everyone go in. It's lots of fun. Lots of good people in there. Uh, They all were going in hard on gotcha. They had, he was part of a bunch of parlays and stuff. And yeah, it was big bummer when it got pulled. It was really like last minute too. Like they were on the air and pretty much it got pulled us down like, or just before that. Yeah, I actually had noticed earlier in the day ESPN's website had uh, didn't have that fight listed. They only had four fights listed. Sometime around like 2 o'clock I noticed that. And uh, I didn't think anything of it at first, but then I remembered he missed weight, and I was like, oh, maybe that is something. And then, yeah, sure enough, like right before they went to air, uh, it officially was pulled or was leaked to, you know, whoever makes those kinds of official announcements. Not me. Um, so, yeah, uh, huge bummer. But at the same time, when you can get plus money and come out uh, 100 bucks over on $100 bets or so, you, you can't complain too much. Yep, not not at all. And that's, gotcha, that's like, can't look good for his future, uh, trying to get into the UFC. At first you come in hugely overweight, and then you back out last minute. That's that's not going to get you uh, get your second, ch- second chance at him more often than not. Yeah, it's probably not going to get him a second chance on the Contender Series, yeah. uh, sadly. But um, I did see that his opponent uh, was angling to get any last-second fight. He actually looked like he was having a conversation with Dana White at the Contender Series event. So, uh, you know, good on Chris Duncan, who I also, you know, while I was picking Gaksha, and I thought Gaksha was a, is probably a better prospect, Chris Duncan's no slouch. He is 7-0 and and had three or four wins in Bellator or something like that with a couple of nice finishes. So, yeah. um, you know, hey, maybe uh, maybe we see him again. But, uh, yeah, I, I sort of doubt we see Gaksha, which is uh, sort of a bummer. He's really fun to watch fight. <laughs> He's got a fun name, at least. I've never seen him fight. I enjoy his last name. Um, <laughs> all right, well, we should probably break down those fights quickly and then get into this week's festivities. But first... We better do some uh, ad reads so we can keep the lights on here in the uh, MMA Gambling Podcast studios, right, Dan? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Got to keep the lights on and keep the train running and all that stuff. All right. Uh, let's talk about WinBet first. Ready to win money and boost your odds? WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. We're bringing the excitement of Win Las Vegas to online sports betting and casino play. Exclusive rewards right at your fingertips. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports from NFL, NBA, MLB, golf, MMA, 
NHL, WNBA, college football, and more. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. From boosted parlays to live in-game odds in every major sport, we have what you need to win. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download BetWin. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. And we are also brought to you by PropSwap. What's PropSwap? PropSwap is America's marketplace to buy and sell sports bets. Go and check out the new PropSwap.com, which is packed with fresh features like filtering tickets based on value to find the best odds available, browse the activity feed to stay in the know, a loyalty rewards program that turns sales into extra cash, and much more. Use the promo code SGP on your first deposit, and PropSwap will match it up to 500 bucks. If you love sports betting, you need to be using PropSwap. With PropSwap, your bet doesn't need to win in order to make money. It just needs to improve. When making your bets, always make sure to go for two. Make two tickets on the same team or player so you can sell one for a profit and keep one to leave yourself some skin in the game. Thousands of buyers across the country are shopping for tickets on PropSwap every day. Get started today by going to PropSwap.com or download the PropSwap app. PropSwap is where America buys and sells sports bets. All right, the Contender Series. We ended up with four fights. Dan went 3-1 and one with an underdog. Made money, and everybody sounded like on the uh, Slack message board made money. So it was good night for all. We started off with uh, big boys, heavyweight, heavyweights, Rizvan, Kuniev, TKOD, Edvium, Santos. Anything to say about this fight, Dan? I mean, I, I'm glad it ended the way it did because at first it looked a little scary because Edvium Santos uh, was throwing hands and looked, you know, not not like he was winning the fight, but looked like he had a puncher's chance. And I, uh, this was the one you may remember I notoriously said – uh, to bet the house on this one. Yeah, dump uh, all your money, yes. Yeah, yes. Dump, dump all of your money on this, and, you, and then you added to empty your savings account. So I'm glad yes. for all of you who did empty your savings account into Riz, uh, Rizvan Kuniev. Uh, I'm glad it worked out the way it did, because his wrestling, which is what we predicted, uh, was actually what held up. So good on him. He got a finish, but no contract. What's, what's the deal with that? Uh, he, so he, uh, I think is a victim of Dane White slowly inching back towards what he would do in the earlier seasons, because this was not yeah. an impressive performance. Like no. he's a, he's a heavyweight who badly got outboxed, uh, and mostly won by having slightly better cardio than a guy who had no cardio, um, and like suffocating wrestling, um, which is, you know, I mean, he, he kind of reminds me of all of those heavyweights, that uh, Dana White already cut. Um, you remember Josh the Cuddly Bear Copeland, or I remember Jer- my my chunky guys, of course. Yeah, or Jared Rochalt. He yep. he's got that style. He's got the style of those two guys, like a suffocating top game guy who, no matter how many times he wins, you don't want to give him a title shot because he's maybe not the most fun to watch. And at heavyweight, we all want people who throw one punch knockouts, and that's just not him. So. This felt a little bit more like Dana White going back to being what the earlier Contender Series was, which felt better. But don't we want another hairy, chunky guy in the in the UFC, though? Come on. I mean, we do, but th- there are <laughs> we, we we did find out recently that we are about to get another uh, um, Huggy Bear Chris Barnett fight yes. coming up, uh, and he's fighting Fat John Volante. So like, oh, oh fine. I didn't hear about that one yet. Yeah, That's great. yeah. So that that got booked. So like. Uh, to the to the chunky guy gods, wow. I, I think we can sacrifice Rizvan Kunia uh, <laughs> okay, for fine. the greater good, for the greater good. All right, next fight was a fun one. Lightweights Daniel Zellhuber uh, beat Lucas Almeida, 29-28, and I think he thinks he broke his ankle or he has some side of some sort of injury um, coming out of that. He stays perfect twelve and zero, and he got himself a contract. 
Yeah, and I think he deserved one too. Uh, because yep. while people pointed out that he kind of got tagged up a little bit in that first round, first of all, he made great adjustments, which is a sign of an actual good fighter, not just somebody uh, who, like we'll talk about in the main event, just happened to pound somebody really quickly. Um, guess you guess know, who Dan picked in the main event? Yeah, not <laughs> you're salty, one, aren't you? But yeah, I'm a little salty on that one. But regardless, like he made adjustments, he looked good doing it, and. I mean, like, the fact that that dude's 22 is really exciting. Yep, that was a good fight, too. Both both guys look good in that fight. Um, middleweights, Bohela, uh, Bohelo. No, what what's his name? It's, Ohio. Uh, Ohio. Ohio. My you son say the saying, LH like it's a Y. Yeah. My son kept saying, is his name Ohio? I'm like, no, Bohio. And then we also said, hey, isn't that – the guy he's fighting is totally Canadian, isn't he? He's like, yep, sure is. Aaron Jeffrey looks amazingly Canadian with the mullet and the crappy <laughs> facial hair. Amazingly Canadian. That is uh, that might be the name of this episode. That might have to be the okay. short name. Amazingly, down. amazingly, amazingly Canadian. Canadian. Like, doesn't his face just scream A? Yeah, it does. I, I totally. will allow that. Also, we have no Canadians on the, the UFC card. <laughs> no, it's about, so. Yeah. So anyhow, uh, Bohio, um Unanimous decision victory, 29-28, 29-28, 30-27. He basically pieced him up. Yeah, it, it was it was, it was was pretty much exactly what I said, too. Like, I really like Aaron Jeffrey as a prospect, but, like, a guy who hops in and hops out with – as a matter of fact, I called it a Machida-like style. And then, you did. Uh, and then Paul Felder called it the same exact thing on air. So I told uh, you people listen to us, Dan. I told yeah, you. I, I don't know if he stole that from me or not. I'm I'm somewhat assuming he did not. But it it was a very Machida esque style, and that just winds up being the worst thing when you're somebody like Aaron Jeffrey. So I, I still have hope that Jer- Aaron Jeffrey will sort of like figure it out. He wouldn't be the first guy to get three chances on the contender series, but. Uh, yeah, that's a huge bummer for him, and uh, Bohio did not wind up with a contract either, which is worth mentioning. I think I probably agree with that one. He, he does seem like he has a lot of talent, and he's kind of fun to watch, but he got really tired and then started just, like, kind of leaning against Darren Jeffrey in the later parts of the fight. Yeah, it is true. Um, so... I think moral of the story is if you weren't on the first few weeks of the contender series, you're going to, it's going to be tough now. Um, if you didn't get in early, it's going to be dangerous. I don't think, it, uh, I don't think it's going to be tough. I just think it's going to be back to a little bit closer yeah. to what it was before. Before it was easy. Now it's just like standard. Yeah. And the main event you got wrong. The guy whose name spelled a, different, a billion different ways. Pateria. Is that how you say his name? I, I wasn't really there sure. Igor Pateria. Why do you say like he's Italian? He's totally not Italian. Uh, he he TKO he TK Dan's pick, Lucas Sodelsky. Uh, he, yeah, he, he was, he caught him uh, shortly before he, he finished the fight also. So, um, but you, you, you're, uh, I think you're uh, inferring that it was a fluke, right? I, I don't know that it's necessarily a fluke, <laughs> but like, I don't also don't think he looked good enough that I would want to sign him. It, it felt very much the same way as, uh, AJ Dobson winning in the main event. Was that last week? I think it was last week. Mm, yeah, um, and I picked AJ Dobson and I was psyched he won. It capitalized the parlay for me, but, uh, he didn't look good enough to get a contract. He just threw wild hands nonstop for two minutes. And one of the punches landed because the guy he was fighting didn't have really good striking defense. And that's what Poteria did here too, is that he kind of just was winging stuff. And yeah, he, he eventually got the TKO, wound up knocking him down and hitting some ground and pound. But, 
yeah, I, I'm not like super impressed with him or I don't think he's like, you know, a future guy to watch at 205. Well, there you go. Take that Dana White. <laughs> uh, actually, I, I would probably take your opinion over Dana White's. Actually, I'm sure you know more about all these guys than, than Dana White or any of the uh, any of the guys in the UFC do. So, anyhow, um, good night for the picks. Um, and yeah, you're uh, you're running hot with the with the uh, contender series picks. Lucky I'm not picking against you in that too, because might be in trouble. Because <laughs> um, I'm still beating you in the picks that count. The actually. Um, UFC um, fight card, aka. Are, are you pick? Are you are you ahead of me? I thought uh, I was two hundred bucks ahead. Whatever. Who cares about money, Dan? It's not about money. <laughs> this gambling show is not about money. It's about being right and wrong. Come on. All right. Sh- sh- let's break down this week's here show. But first, I'm going to tell you about keeps. Uh, it's not about keeping your money. It's about keeping your hair. Keeps offers the simplest, <laughs> stress-free way to keep your hair. Convenient virtual doctor consultations and medications delivered straight to your door every three months. You don't have to leave your home. Low-cost treatments start at just 10 bucks per month and Keeps offers generic versions. Discreet packaging and proven results. Keeps has more five-star reviews than any of its competitors. Prevention is key. Treatments can take four to six months to see results, so act fast. If you're ready to make take action and prevent hair loss, go to keeps.com slash SGP to receive your first month of treatment for free. That's keeps.com slash SGP. Get your first month free, K-E-E-P-S dot com slash S-G-P. So much spelling. Oh, all right. Um, let's move on to a, sh- a card Dan has told me off air he's very excited about, right? <laughs> I'm actually, this is, this is one of the few I, I've found some like, man, it's not often where I look at a fight and I'm like, that, I just, I just can't even make myself care about that fight. Um, or it actually ranks, sorry, I interrupted, it ranks, uh, the rankings I do on MMA Dash Manifesto, the the MMA side I run, this one actually ranks out like above average, surprisingly. I can see that. There's a couple of guys or gals on here who are coming off of uh, pretty impressive win streaks. Although, like, yeah. like I said, part of the issue for me is not necessarily that they're not good fighters, but like, you know, a fight should like answer some sort of question, um, and yeah. a lot of these fights are just like. The question is, how long will it take that fighter to finish the other one? It's not uh, who's going to win or can this guy stuff some takedowns. It's just like, when will that guy go to sleep? Cool. Um, and, yeah, it's, I, I think some of these are, are pretty one-sided, and some of these are uh, not not terribly fun to talk about. With that being said, please buckle, <laughs> up, for the next, please buckle up for the next 40 minutes of us yeah, talking about exactly. it. <laughs> so you're, you're saying the UFC is giving me a crappy birthday present, what you're saying. Yeah, if this was my birthday card, I'd, I'd be pretty bummed. <sighs> I'm bummed, Dan. I'm really bummed now. Um, <laughs> the card we're talking about is UFC Fight Night Santos versus Walker. AKA UFC Fight Night 193, AKA UFC Vegas 38, which I guess we'll probably use. AKA UFC and ESPN Plus. How many cards do you think they've had in ESPN Plus, Dan? 100 and. I don't know. I have no 51. idea. Only 51. Oh, only 51. You're way off, dude. Hmm. Um, four, so it's on ESPN Plus. Imagine that. Um, 4 p.m. prelims, 4 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. main card, both on ESPN Plus. How did you find, before we get right down to it, how did you find um, picking winners on this card? Did you find difficult? Pretty, pretty, pretty easy. Pretty easy. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I had a couple. I, a couple I had question marks beside, but then I went through it again, and I 
basically strength to schedule one out in a lot of the cases if I, if I was um, wavering between one or two uh, one or two fights. So, but you found it pretty easy, straightforward. Yeah, the, I my like first comb through like almost every single fight I had to pick for, with the exception of uh, I'll be real honest, the main event was one of the ones, and yep. the, the co-main event were uh, two of the ones that I had to marinate on a little bit. Um, yeah. Apart Me from too. that, I think I went all the way up and down the card. Oh, there was one other one that, that tripped me up. Um, so, like, two, to the, at the very most, three or four fights um, that I had to give a second thought to, which is really not a lot on a card of this size. Yeah, but I guess it's good if, if we want competitive uh, fights, we want it to be the, the last two of the night, so... Guess it's good that we we both found the the main and co-main hard to predict. All right, let's jump into her. Um, we will start with the bantamweights, Alejandro Perez, who's been around way longer than, than I uh, remembered. Uh, Johnny, <laughs> I guess Johnny Eduardo, who also has been way around way longer than I remembered. Um, Perez has all the nicknames. Uh, Eduardo does not have any. Do you know Perez's nicknames at all, Dan? By chance? Isn't it Turbo? Is he Turbo? Well, Perez? Yeah, one of them's Turbo, which is kind of boring. The other one is Al Patata Frito. Which is the fried that's, potato? Um, yeah, fried potato that. or French it's fry French fry. Or, it's or, French fry. Yeah, that, that's a fantastic nickname. So, all right, let's go to Eduardo. Do you remember Johnny Eduardo, Dan? Do you remember this? Yes, guy? I do remember Johnny Eduardo. People talked about him being like, uh, I wouldn't say a prospect because I think he was even old when he got to the UFC. <laughs> um, but like when he beat Eddie Wineland, uh, whenever that was, uh, I think he fought on UFC on Fuel TV. I could be wrong. But well, I think he fought right. Eddie Wineland on UFC on Fuel TV, uh, which is just wild. <laughs> Here's a fun game. Since there's no Canadian stuff, we'll do this. Uh, he made his debut in November 1996. Dan, what were you doing in November 1996? His pro debut in November of 96? Yes. I was playing T-ball, I think. Yeah, there you go. Uh, or in getting no- ready. And not November, so probably November. for so- soccer season then. Yeah. Okay. But it's he like did, that he, weird. It's that weird kid soccer where everybody chases the same ball and, yes. and nobody plays any positions. Yep, yep, yeah. He made his UFC debut in uh, twenty eleven. He lost to Sunso, and then he next fight was on Field TV against Jeff Curran. So there you go. Oh Jesus! Um, he's been in the UFC since twenty eleven. He has fought one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, wow. His last fight was June of twenty eighteen. So anyhow, let's uh, let's give you all these the stats here. Johnny Eduardo, 28 and 12, eight knockouts, 13 submissions. He's been subbed nine times in his career. He's three and four in the UFC. He's lost his last two, and he's only won one of his last four. Uh, he's been finished in his last two fights. His last fight was, like I said, June of 2018. He was in Bellator before all of this, where he was one and zero. Used to fight at lightweight. This is at bantamweight. He did make his debut 25 years ago, almost to the almost uh, to the month, November 20, 1996. He's got an inch of height, four inches of reach on Perez. He's at plus 180. Um, the fried potato, French fry, potato chip guys, 21, 8, and 1 with nine knockouts, five submissions. He's been knocked out twice and subbed three times. He's 7, 3, and 1 in the UFC. He also has lost two straight fights, got KO'd in his last one. His last fight was July of 2019. He was uh, in the Ultimate Fighter where he went 2 and 0 in the house and then won the championship. He's 11 years younger than Johnny Eduardo. Striking and active striking stats in his favor. Grappling in his favor. Minus 230. Um, not a fan of the number, but I will take him. But this this could be one of our loser leaves home matches for for these guys. I mean, it should. I thought both of them had already left home. To, <laughs> exactly. To be honest with you. Like, I forgot they were there. 
One's been away for two years. One's been away for three years. Um, I'll say this, though. I actually don't hate that number on Alejandro Perez. Uh, I saw it, like, a little bit earlier in the week at, like, negative 210. And I actually think that that's probably a good number for him because he shouldn't have a problem with Johnny Eduardo. Johnny Eduardo, uh, you know, you don't see very many 41-year-old Bantamweights in the first place. And in the second place, like, he started looking quite a bit slower in his last fight, um, which I'm actually going to talk about a couple of people who've slowed down in their advanced age. But he looked a little bit slower. And the other bonus I really like here about Alejandro Perez, in addition to being faster than Johnny Eduardo, has some takedowns. I feel like so many people forget that, like, these two are guys who throw hands, but Alejandro Perez is a guy who took down Cody Stamen and slammed him on his head, and that was really only, like, two and a half years ago. So while, like, yeah, he, he could be a different Alejandro Perez, and Cody Stamen seemingly has gotten better, Cody Stamen has always been a wrestler. So, like, that's in Alejandro Perez, and he did it with a single leg, too, which was a really weird, weird style of a takedown. But, like, he's got that power, and he's got that takedown, and I think... If if the working him over on the feet is not working, which I think it will for Alejandro Perez, I think he's got that too. So like, I think he's got the advantage on the feet, has the backup plan. I actually think he's a pretty safe pick here against Johnny Eduardo. All right, we're both going with the chalk, Alejandro Perez. Uh, let's move on to a couple other bantamweights that we you may have forgotten were still in the UFC uh, on the women's side. Uh, Shanna Young. Stephanie Egger, um, nicknames the Shanimal, which is a bad nickname. Young, <laughs> you you don't like nickname? that one? No, that's, that's corny. You like it? You like the Shanimal? I do. It it, right. it has shades of uh, the the nickname uh, Dan Ige used to actually be the Danimal, um, yes, right. which, which I re- I really love that. Yeah, you uh, should. The Shanimal's hey, right up there too. You should get the Danimal tattooed across your back <laughs> instead of the nickname I gave you. The Danimal would be amazing. The, just the Danimal. I, I'm not. I'm, I don't hate the Danimal. You can. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's tell you about the Shanimal first. She's seven and three with one knockout, three submissions. I forgot she actually was in the UFC. I was thinking she's in Invictus still. But yeah, she's actually fought in the UFC where she lost her debut February of 2020. She has swapped losses and wins over her last three. She's got a loss win loss. She was one and one in Invicta, zero and one in the Contender Series. She's an inch taller, three years younger than Egger, a five times more active striker, but it's based on two fights she's had, huh? and uh, Egger's had one fight. So small sample size is what I'm trying to say. She's at uh, even mighty plus 100. Egger, five and two, two knockouts, two submissions. I think her nickname, middle name should be Ham and, don't you think? Uh, Ham and Egger. Huh? Yeah, wouldn't that be awesome? Stephanie <laughs> Ham and Egger. That's, what she, that's her new name. Thank you for making. Thank you for not selling my joke one bit. First, you had to think about it. And you went, oh, huh, funny. Good one, Dad. Uh, yeah. I see what Good he did one, there. Uh-huh. All right. Anyhow, Hammond Egger's never been finished in a fight. She's 0-1 in the UFC. She last fought October of 2020. She's won three of her last four. She's 1-0 in Ryzen in Japan. 0-1 in Invicta. Three inches of reach. Grappling stats in her favor, but like I said, small sample size. Minus 125. This is one of the ones I'm having a hard time breaking down. What, what do you think? You probably know more about both these women than I do. Yeah, well, so this one was not an easy one for me, too. This was probably the third or fourth one that I, I had to circle and, and circle back to. Part of my issue with this one is that Shanna Young is a is a flyweight, first of all. Um, she made her debut at Bantamweight. They're having her fight at Bantamweight again. I'm not sure what the thought process is behind that, but she comes from Invicta in the flyweight division. So she has given up a little bit of size here to Egger. 
my initial thought on this fight and, and what I'm eventually going to, to do for a pick here is I, I'm going to take Shanna Young. And the reason I'm going to take her is because she's super, super, super aggressive on the feet. Like her, she very much lives up to the nickname, the Shanimal. Is she like, she just <laughs> throws absolutely wildly in every situation. Like if, if she happens to take her opponent down, she just like, She's the type of person who would throw like a double double handed punch, um, like she, th- that's right up her alley. Like if you've ever seen somebody throw one of those, like she she would do that on the ground. She she would box somebody's ear. She's just gonna throw everything but the kitchen sink. And Edgar in her last fight had a little bit of trouble with Tracy Cortez, um, and specifically the physicality of Tracy Cortez. Um, so first of all, this is probably gonna wind up in the clinch because. Shannon Young is just going to rush forward. And Edgar had so much trouble with Tracy Cortez. And really, Shannon Young rushed forward on Macy Chason, and the physicality of Macy Chason did not bother her at all. Um, like, she was in that clinch. She fought for good positions. It wound up stalemating out a couple of times. And, you know, each woman had her moments. But if you tell me one of them got bodied up by Tracy Cortez, who's really like an oversized flyweight, and the other one hung in there with an enormous bantamweight, I'm going to give the physicality advantage to Young, and while I'm also doing that, I'm giving her the output advantage. In a fight that we think is probably not going to get a finish, those two things are enough to probably sway the judges. Okay, you said in that breakdown that she lives up to her nickname, so now you're going to tell all our listeners what a shanimal is, Dan. A shanimal? I mean, I just mean she's she's an animal in there. Yeah, that, that's all I mean. But her nickname's not animal, it's shanimal. So what's a shanimal? It's the same thing. Oh, it's the same thing? Okay, it's a, I got It's you. a Shannon animal. <laughs> okay, got it. How bad uh, of a nickname would that be if it was if they just used the whole thing? Shannon, Shannon. the Shannon animal. <laughs> that would be even better. Not as good as Ham and Agar, but it's it's pretty good. Um, all right, I'm taking her too. So sorry, Ham and Agar, but we're, we're saying that you're Ham and Agar and you're going to lose here. So uh, before we move on to another, yet another Bantamweight fight, let's tell you about PicksWise. PicksWise is the number one app for sports betting picks. Helmed by a team of trendwatch and data-devouring sports fanatics, giving the who, how, and why behind every prediction for every game, every day, and every sport. Loaded with best bets, props, and parlays, you can find in-depth analysis in every game, all for free. Found your pick, search the latest sportsbook promotions to sign up on an account, compare the odds, and finally place your bet. Download the free PixWise app now to make your next bet better. PixWise backs responsible gambling. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Well, I'm on a roll. Let's tell you about prize picks. Turn your picks into real cash with Price Picks, my favorite daily fantasy app. It's fast and it's easy, and it all starts with Price Picks. Simply pick two to five players and decide if they will go over or under their stat projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win, up to ten times your money. Price Picks is the only way I play. So, for instance, tonight I was watching, I was checking the score in the crucial J. Oh, the Yankees have caught up, Dan. The Jays were up four nothing. Now the Yankees have caught up, so it's five five. Can- Canadians mm-hmm. letting you down again. Canadians are letting me down again. <laughs> So if in this Jays game, if I took George Springer, Bobuchet, and Espinal, if I took all them over their projection, which is usually one and a half hits plus walks, I took the three of them to be over one and a half. They're all over on that. If I bet 20 bucks, I would win $100. How's that? That's got a power play option. So five times too mighty. That's how, that's how it works. So use promo code SGP to receive 100% instant deposit match up to $100. It's price fix promo code SGP. 
Meanwhile, your Braves are still in first place, right, Dan? They're hanging on. They are. They are. The magic number is down to three, and they are currently leading, uh, knock on wood, the Phillies, which would drop their magic number down to just one game. So it does Fantastic. appear the NL East is staying in Atlanta. All right. All right. We're staying with Bantamweights. This is very Bantamweight. I guess there's a lot of Bantamweights on, on the roster, so it kind of makes sense. This We're back, back to the mail side of the ledger. Bantamweights, Douglas Silva de Andrade versus Gaetano Perello. Um, nicknames, El Tigre for Perello and D Silva for Andrade. Obviously, El Tigre is going to win because the other one's just friggin' his name. It's his normal <laughs> name. <sighs> so disappointed in that. Um, all right, El Tigre, Perello, 15-6-1 with 11 knockouts, which is a crazy amount for a Bantamweight. And, or he was a featherweight also, but uh, 11 knockouts, three submissions. For him, um, what else can I tell you? He's been subbed himself four times. He's only won the UFC. He lost via submission. He's won five of his, of his last seven. He used to be featherweight, I believe. This one is at bantamweight. Am I right on that, Dan? That he it used is to be at bantamweight for sure. Oh, yep. Yeah, I knew that. But was, did he used to be featherweight? I think he may have been. I'm pretty oh, sure yeah. he fought anywhere he could get a fight when yeah. he was in Europe. <laughs> there you go. That's true. Uh, he's seven years younger than Andrade. He's at plus 195. D Silva is 26 and four with one no contest. 19 knockouts. This is wild that these two have so many uh, knockouts for little guys. Nine knockouts, one submission. He's four and four in the UFC. Uh, check out this uh, pattern of wins and losses. Loss, win, loss, win, loss. That's why do we come across this so often? Do you have a theory does, on that, Dan? It does seem to happen at least once a card. We have one yeah, person where we're like, just that, right? play the trend. <laughs> exactly. No, like, but why? I wonder why this is happening. Is it the... It's got to be good matchmaking. Only... Good matchmaking. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, I guess they, they get bumped up a level and then they can't handle that, so they get dropped back down and they win and they get bumped up. And they, yeah, I guess, that's, I guess that's probably it. Um, he also used to be a featherweight, I believe. Uh, he is five times more active uh, striking than Perello, but Perello's only fought once. So small, simple size. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 250. I will take D Silva. Despite his bad nickname, I will take him at the minus 250. Well, we're going to get our first difference. Then. Oh, you're I'm taking gonna, a big dog. I'm going to take Gaetano Perello. Um, and not even because I'm super confident in Gaetano Perello. It's more of a fade of Douglas uh, Andrade than yeah. it is a, a full-on play with Perello. Uh, on one hand, I just think we don't know very much about Perello, which is why I'm I'm not like you know all in on Perello here, and I'm I'm playing it with the caveat. But you know he he looked good in European beatdown seven. Um, which is that is, a real thing? Yeah, that was the name of the promotion he <laughs> fought for last. It was Europe European beatdown seven? I think he was on European beatdown three too, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he looked good in those fights. Like you could actually find him on YouTube. He like works well in the clinch. He throws good knees. He's very clearly like a kickboxer, which is probably why he's got losses by submission. And like he's clearly got some stuff going for him. But at the same time, like he he did get ragdolled by Ricky Simone. But like everybody gets ragdolled by that dude. Like that dude went toe to toe with Marab Devalishvili and beat him. So. You know, a lot of people say he looked like trash in his debut. Yeah, most people would on short notice against Ricky Simone. Douglas Andrade, on the other hand, last time we saw him was after a long layoff. We got to see him fight Lerone Murphy, who, who's decent. Like, no, no knock here on Lerone Murphy. But Andrade looked probably 80% slower than he used to look. Um, and that, to me, especially at his age, right, like, he, he is not he's not like a young guy anymore. You know, he's 36, 36 yeah. which is in Bantamweight age is like 45. Um 
So, like, you got a young kickboxer against a guy who likes to think he's a power puncher and looks way slower than he used to. So it's more of a fade on Douglas Andrade and knowing that Pirello does have knockout power. Um, that I'm going to go with Pirello here, especially because the, the odds are are quite large uh, in his favor. Yeah. So I'll take a stab on an underdog. It makes sense. Makes sense. Um, moving on, lightweights, Jamie Malarkey. His middle name is his uh, nickname is Full of. Okay. <laughs> I, 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 I reacted instantly to that. Do you feel better yep. now? <laughs> you didn't react properly, but yes. Uh, against Devonte Smith, Smith has nickname is King Cage. K A G E. I'm not really into the misspellings, Dan. I guess it's from all the time I spend uh, editing your horribly written stuff, right? <laughs> I think I think it bothers me more when it's like a, a storefront. Uh, yeah, you know, like, yes. It's like yes, the yes. candy corner, and both of them are yes. spelled with a K, and I'm like, why? But why? But why? I think there's the candy corner up by our cottage, I think. I think is that there? is a real store. <laughs> I think so. Is it spelled with Ks? I don't think, no, no. We don't have KKK up here, Dan, no. It's not all Ks. Oh, all right. Let's move on. Malarkey, full of, uh, is his nickname since he doesn't have one. He is 13-4 and four with nine knockouts, three submissions. So everything is a finish except for one fight for him. One and two in the UFC. He won via KO his last fight after dropping his first two. He's three inches taller, one year younger, plus 128. King Cage is 11-2 and two with 10 knockouts, one submission. So everything is a, is a finish for this guy. He's been knocked out himself twice, so both of his losses come via knockout. He's 3-1 in the UFC. He won via TKO his last fight. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series, two inches of reach. Striking stats in his favor, plus he's two times more active striking, landing strikes. Grappling stats in his favor, minus 160. Mr. Dan, we'll let you pick first for a change here. I'm going to take Devontae Smith. And I actually, too. Think, I, I actually think this one's a pretty easy one, too, because for me, yeah. you know, like, uh, Jamie Malarkey was really close to just being fired recently. Uh, he was 0-2, and he picked up a, a win over Kama Worthy, which is a good win, but Kama kind of fights erratically and just kind of throws wild. So his yeah. fights tend to feel like a coin flip, whether he's better or worse than somebody. Um, and Malarkey tagged him uh, when it got a little bit too wild. I think Devontae Smith is a cleaner puncher. He's better at, you know, using his jab to feel things out. Also, like, while he is so dangerous with the hands, like you just read off with his record, he, he was a high school wrestler first. Um, so he has, like, a wrestling background. And, and you can see in some of his past fights, when somebody shoots a takedown on him, he reverses positions really well, sometimes lands a takedown of his own. I think Malarkey needs to try to take him down in order to win this fight, uh, and I think it's not going to work for him when he does. And if he doesn't try to take him down, he's definitely getting knocked out. Yep, Smith is the pick, despite the uh, King Cage uh, nickname misspelling. We'll, we will take him in regardless. Let's go back to Bantamweight, shall we? We've been gone for so long, a whole fight without Bantamweights. Let's go to women's Bantamweight again. Betch Correa, is this a retirement fight? I itch better be like <laughs> <laughs> versus Carol Rosso. So I think we know where we're, we're headed with this pick. Uh, Batch is a pit bull. Did you know that Dan? I did. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Rosa I'm, is nothing. I'm very aware. <laughs> I, um, her, uh, I have to come up. My new thing I think is going to make up nicknames for everybody uh, that don't have nicknames. So Rosa's nickname is um, kiss from a is her middle name. Okay. Uh, Kiss from a Rosa or smells like a Rosa. One of the other. Either work. All right. Smells like is would be the worst nickname. Smells like would be a great nickname. (laughs) Smells like a Rosa. Um. All right. Korea. 
the the pit bull. She's eleven five and one with two knockouts, five five and one in the UFC, one three and one over her last five. She lost her last fight. Her last win was way back in September 2019. She's been out of action since July of 2020. She's at plus 310 in her farewell match. Um, Smells Laika is 14 and three with four knockouts, two submissions, three and zero in the UFC. Won five straight fights. She used to fight at featherweight. She's three inches taller, 11 years younger, more active striker. Uh, grappling stats in her favor, minus 425. Yeah, I'll, I'll take Rosa. Thank you very much. Yeah, we don't we don't even really need to break this nope. down anymore because like Betch Cohea feels like she's saving up to throw a punch for like <laughs> 10 minutes. Like you can see it coming in the first round, the punch she's going to throw in the second round. And somehow, despite saving up all of her energy to do that, somehow it still exhausts her when she throws that punch. She's just she's like a, two whole people in, yeah, in, uh, using that style. Yeah, she's like a shell of her old self. Um, and, and her old self was not particularly dangerous either. Carol Rosa has shown she can grapple. She can take people down. She's, I mean, like, she's a lot closer to what Betch Cohea was supposed to be than Betch Cohea ever was. Um, so, yeah, this is an easy one. Pick pick Carol Rosa. Hey, this reminds me. So, Betch Cohea uh, famously fought Ronda Rousey during Rousey's Reign of Terror. Uh, Ronda Rousey and Travis Brown, former UFC fighter, just had a baby, and Dan's going to tell you their daughter's name. Yeah, it's... I could do this. Laakia <laughs> Makala Pua Aka Lanipo. You forgot the last name, Dan. Oh, Brown. Brown. <laughs> With an E. Okay, everyone? Wow, Dan, you did it. Yeah. Like I, I, had a pause in, I had a pause in there, but I think I was... So I, I did practice it once just to be like, oh, I can do this. Because it's, it's actually not that hard. It's Laakia Makala Pua Aka Lakina. La, I think la, you, la Nipo. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I think you. I think you are supposed to pause though. I think there's some uh, symbols in there that tell it tells you to pause and take a breath. Yeah, I have no idea. What does what that over the line over it mean? Don't I, I'm not Hawaiian. I do not yeah, know. I, I think it's a Hawaiian. I, I don't know if 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 it you, looks Hawaiian. If, it, yeah. it looks Hawaiian. Like I don't know if that's the term for it, Hawaiian, but I assume that's that's where it, it originates from. So anyhow, um, congrats to the lucky uh, parents because being a parent is so wonderful. Let's move on. Shall we? Women's flyweight. Hey, it's not bantamweight, everybody. It's a flyweight fight. Um, Antonina Shevchenko versus Casey O'Neill. We've got nicknames. I don't have to come up with one. King Casey and La Pantera for Shevchenko. I like King Casey as uh, as the nickname. It's. it's uh, uh, I think I like. No? I think I like La Pantera. La Pantera. Works here. Yeah. Although I don't like her being the. I mean, there's an L Pantera too. That's true. Um, and there's Pantera, too. The and then there's band. the band Pantera. Do you know what Pantera yeah. translates to? I'm going to put you on the uh, spot. Panther? It is Panther. Yes. Wow, very amazing. Look at, look, at, look at your Spanish skills. Yeah, amazing. Yeah, we don't we don't have Spanish up here either, so there you go. <laughs> um, let's break it down, shall we? Shevchenko, sister of, older sister of the champ, Valentina Shevchenko. Um, and she's, did you know that she's married to their coach, Dan? I did not know that. Nope. Yes, I didn't know. I didn't realize that until fairly recently. But yes, she's married to their coach. So, um, she's nine and three. It doesn't uh, that doesn't help us pick a fight though. So let's move on. She's nine and three as a pro. Three knockouts, one submission. Three and three in the UFC. Hey, we got a pattern again, Dan. You went against the last pattern. Let's see if you go against this one. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. That's her whole UFC career. Uh, it's been uh, swapping wins and losses. Now hers is definitely the case of. They, they move her up every. They move her up too high every time that she wins, right? Yeah, because she's thir- is she thirty six years old. Did I see? Yeah, 
It, she's 36 years old, and they're very much trying to turn her into some sort of contender. Yeah. And her um, name's Shevchenko, too. Yeah. Yeah, but being Valentina's sister is not get, get doing her any favors at all. So. No, it's not. Well, well, she still has a job, so maybe it is doing her favors. Um, She get, lost via sub her last fight. She was a one-on-one in the contender series. Used to fight a weight class up at Bantamweight. She's got multiple Muay Thai championships on her wall, if she has a wall with them or maybe on her shelf. I don't know what you get from Muay Thai or, or maybe around her neck. I'm not sure what kind of medals you get, but um, she's two inches taller than the King and she's at plus 175. King Casey is seven and zero with two knockouts, two submissions. She's two and zero in the UFC. She's won three straight fights via finish. She's two as two inches reach 13 years younger, striking and active striking stats in her favor, grappling in her favor, minus 225. Is King Casey the real deal? Mr. Vreeland. So I'm not even sure she's the real deal, but she's real enough to beat uh, Antonia Shevchenko. Um, because, yeah, because kind of my problem here with Shevchenko is, like, the book's out on her, right? Like, if you look at her fights, she, she is a kickboxer, a Muay Thai specialist, works well in the clinch. But the problem with her working well in the clinch is that when that person in the clinch with her decides to wrestle, she's screwed. Um, she just looks very bad defensively wrestling and Casey strikes well from a distance, doesn't do bad work in the clinch herself and has scored a lot of takedowns in the past. And as a matter of fact, she's finished last, her last two fights with grounded pound and one with a rear naked choke. So, you know, I, I, it's hard to imagine anything but that happens here. Um, so is she the real deal? I'm not sure I like her more than, like, other flyweight prospects who we talk about regularly. Like, I'm not sure I like her more than, you know, Miranda Maverick, or I'm not sure I like her more than Alexa Grasso or Manon Fierro or even Talia Santos. Um, not yet, at least, you know. No, yeah, I got to see more, and I'm not even sure that more will be here. Like, I'm not sure I will see enough out of her beating Antonina right. Shevchenko to feel like, yes, this is it. Agreed, uh, but she's intriguing nonetheless. So we will, yeah. we will pick, yeah, well, we will pick her in this fight. You know, this is intriguing. Mint Mobile is very intriguing, Dan, because after years of fine print contracts and getting ripped off by big wireless providers, if we've learned anything, it's that there's always a catch. So when I first heard that Mint Mobile offers premium wireless service starting at just fifteen bucks a month, I thought, what's the catch? But after speaking with them and using their service, it all made sense. There isn't one. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they're the first company to sell wireless service online only. By cutting out retail stores, there's no crazy overhead costs that get passed down to you in the form of mystery fees. Instead, Mint just passes on sweet savings direct to you. For people looking for extra savings, Mint Mobile offers premium wireless for just 15 bucks a month. All plans come with unlimited talk and text plus high-speed data delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your same phone number along with all your existing contacts. And if you're not 100% satisfied, Mint Mobile has you covered with their 7-day money-back guarantee. Switch to Mint Mobile and get premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. Get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free. Go to mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. That's mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash sportsgp. All right, what are we moving on to now? The main event of the prelims is lightweights. Joe Selecki versus Jared Gordon, um, <clears throat> Gordon is Flash. Lucky is nothing. Hmm, I don't have a nickname for Joe Slucky. Do you have a nickname for Joe Slucky, Dan? No, a- a- average, average, Joe average Joe. Joe. Hey, that works. There we go. <laughs> now you're on board. All right, uh, Flash Gooden is seventeen to four with six knockouts, two submissions. Um, 
except his name is Gordon. I have a Gooden down. I, I was thinking, is, why, that's why they because, that's because there the is a Gooden. He has a Jared Gooden. Yeah, I know. There's so many Gooden Gordons, Jareds. Yep. Yeah. So he's slash Gordon. So his nickname makes more sense. Uh, he's 17 to four, six knockouts, two submissions. He's been knocked out four times himself. So that's that's the way to beat him. Apparently, all of his losses are via KO. He's five and three in the UFC. He's won his last two and three of four. He used to fight at featherweight. He's had problems missing weight in the past. He's twice more active striking than Selecki. He's at plus 112. Average Joe is 11-2 with one knockout, seven submissions. 3-0 in the UFC, 1-0 in the Contender Series, six straight wins, two inches of reach, five years younger, minus 140. I'll take Average Joe to keep the uh, good times rolling. Yeah, I agree with you on this one. Uh, the big one for me here with Joe is that uh, he is... I mean, he came out and straight up dominated Jim Miller on the ground grappling. And, yep. you know, like, Gordon might have aspects of his jujitsu that is, or, or wrestling even, that are slightly better than Jim Miller. Like, for instance, I think he probably scrambles better than Jim Miller does. But, like, once he's down, he's like a quarter of the grappler that Jim Miller is, right? Like, he's not going to retain guard as well as Jim Miller. He's not going to throw up submissions off his back like Jim Miller. And Selecki easily handed, handled Jim Miller. So as long as he can, like, avoid those transitions and avoid the wrestling counters and avoid the scrambling, I mean, I think he just cruises in the same way he cruised against all three of the guys he's fought so far in the UFC. So, um, yeah, Selecki here is the pick. Selecki is the pick. And that's it. Actually, if that's it for the prelims, that means i got to tell you about our last sponsor because we always try to go – Ad free for the main card. So let's talk about Ozcrowd. Are you the best football better in the U.S.? The folks at Ozcrowd are challenging you to prove it this football season with their epic free-to-play fantasy betting contest. Each week of the season, there's a $350 NFL contest and a $250 contest. The boys here at SGPN are all taking part, so you can try to claim bragging rights over us, too. Here's how it works. Once you enter a contest, you track your bets against real odds and lines, much like you would with any pick tracking app. The most profitable players rise up the leaderboard. If you have the highest profit at the end of the contest, you win. Now, Oddscrowd isn't just fantasy betting contests. It's a social app for sports bettors. Free to download. You can live group chat with other bettors, track your bets, set up private fantasy contests with your buddies, and much more. So download the app for free or go to oddscrowd.com today and download our app too. Be a buddy. SGPN app. We're live in the App Store and Google Play Store. We give you easy access to all our picks, our podcasts. You can get notifications every time a podcast drops. You can check out all the news articles, everything on the site. So grab the app. Uh, don't forget to toss us an app re- review and download our app today. And make sure you subscribe. Not Now I'm telling you what to do. Make sure you subscribe to the MMA Gambling Podcast feed so you can get these podcasts right second they drop so you don't have to wait for us to go out on the SGPN network feed. All right, let's move on to main card. Lightweights, Alexander Hernandez versus Mike Breeden. Um, Alexander the Great, Mike, Money Mike Breeden. Eh. I don't know if I like either of those nicknames, Dan. Yeah, isn't is yeah. Volkanovski Alexander the Great? Yeah, there's and yeah, there's lots of Alex, like yeah. So, so I think we got to go with Money Mike then. Money Mike's I a guess, nickname uh, then, because yeah. at least he's I not the eighth Alexander the Great. Yes, I don't. Are we going to go with Money Mike though? With the pick, let's find out. Um, he's taking this on his UFC debut on short notice as seems to often be the case, at least once per card, we, we have a short-notice debut guy, debutant. Um, Money Mike, 10-3 and three with eight knockouts. Two, he's won two straight. He was one and on the contender series, one and on Bellator. He's got an inch of height over Hernandez, a more active striker based on his one fight in the UFC octagon at the contender series. 
He's at plus 350. Alexander the Great, 12 and 4, five knockouts, two submissions, four and three in the UFC. Hey, we got a pattern again here. Loss, win, loss, win, loss. He lost his last fight. Two inches of reach, three years younger. Striking stats in his favor, grappling stats in his favor. We're talking small sample size. Minus 500. Um, he's, he, at one point, everyone thought he was going to be great, right? But he kind of, wheels kind of fell off his career, right? Yeah, he talked all kinds of shit to Daryl Cerrone <laughs> and then got it, wasn't able to back any of it up. And after yeah. that, people were like, you know, completely off that train. Um, I, I'm going to pick him here, though. And I think uh, it's a pretty obvious pick. While sometimes we've been surprised by um, short notice fighters like Terrence McKinney, who come in and just, you know, look amazing. What I've seen out of Mike Breeden is not good. Um, he like he leaves his head open a lot. He backpedals a lot when somebody rushes in, and like his head stays on the center line. His hands are not high enough, and he's against the guy who just loves to like bull rush and throw huge punches. Um, so like it's your literally your worst nightmare for for those types of situations. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, let's just say Alexander Hernandez as quickly as he wants a knockout. There you go. You may even have a prop bet. Um, and late replacements over the past two years, 40% they're hitting at, so 50 and 75. And we're saying Breeden is probably not going to be one of the 40% that gets the job done. Now, here's a fight, though. Women's Bantamweight. Another Bantamweight. Women's Bantamweight. Uh, Aspen Lab versus Macy Chason. Uh, once again, they like to match up up-and-comers against one another. So um, even though Shaysan's not that young. Um, nicknames? No, neither of them have nicknames. And hmm, do we have any nicknames for either of them? Hmm. Do you have any nicknames, Dan, for either of these ladies? I, I don't. The, the cheesy yeah. nickname's yours. I gave you average Joe. That, that, <laughs> I tap out after that one. Yeah, I didn't plan ahead for, for this, so I'm going to have to pass on these and, and move on. It's getting late in the night. Brain's not going to work. Um, let's just uh, tell you about Chase Song. 7-1, two knockouts, two submissions. Never been finished in a fight. 5-1 in the UFC. She won two straight fights. She also won two fights in the Ultimate Fighter House and was the champion of the show. Uh, that was at Featherweight, where she used to fight. This is down at Bantamweight. She also was in Invicta, where she's 1-0. She's 5 inches taller than Aspen Lad, has half half a foot of reach, 6 inches of reach, uh, plus 175. Aspen Lad, how about Nada is her, is her middle name? Is that a good one? Not, not, not a lad? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's true. a gal. Yeah, is that a good yeah, one? I, I, is Aspen, that okay? Aspen gal. <laughs> Aspen not a lad. Um, she's 9-1 with six knockouts, one submission. She's 4-1 in the UFC. She won via TKO her last fight. She Actually, if you ask her, she she should be 5-0 in the UFC, right? Uh, she does like to dispute that, Jermaine Duran, <laughs> which I'll say maybe was stopped a tad early, but I don't think she was. Uh, she's going to get hit again. That's yeah, all. I think she's going to get punched again. <laughs> Exactly. Um, um, she was also in Invicta where she's 5-0, and so all of her fights have been in either in Invicta or the UFC, which is very, very impressive because that's top two spots she could have been fighting. Uh, she used to fight a weight class down, so she's probably going to be undersized a little bit in this fight since she's fighting someone who used to fight a weight class up from, from this class. Uh, they're fighting that. Um, they're, they're meeting in the middle is what I'm trying to say. She has missed weight in the past. She used to be a, kick, a pro kickboxer also. Four years younger than Chase Son, striking and active striking stats in her favor, grappling in her favor, minus 225, and she's got my pick also. Yeah, I, I actually think we broke this one down when it was originally booked. Um, yeah. Like, like it, got right. pu- it got pulled, I want to say right at weigh-ins um, before it was rebooked here. Yeah, and I picked Aspen Ladd then, I'll pick her now. The thing for me here with Aspen Ladd is just like she uh, she controls the fight too well. 
um, in that seems to be the place where Macy Chason has had the biggest issues in her career. Um, when she lost to Lena Landsberg, Landsberg kind of like took her down and controlled her. She's won other fights, but like been taken down in those two. Like Marion Renault uh, wrestled her up a little bit and and made it tough for Macy Chason to pull out a unanimous decision victory. And if, like, you have a tough time keeping Marion Renault, who was, I, I mean, I think 45 at the time, off of you, um, Aspen Ladd, who is just an overall better grappler, has a lot more youth, a lot more energy, a lot more strength. Because you mentioned she came up a weight class. She did it the right way, too. She's very physically strong for the 135-pound yeah. class. I, I have to think she just dominates the position wherever she wants to here against Macy Chason. Yep, Ladd is the pick. Um, Rocket is back, strapped back onto her. Uh, middleweights, Misha Serkinov versus Christoph Jotko. In my world, these two have already fought before, but they have not. Um, nickname, no nicknames for either of them. So Serkinov, I guess his nickname could be secretly Canadian, right? He, he pretends to be Canadian. I guess this is your, <laughs> is this your lone Canadian then? He's well, he, like, he's, he's, pretend Cana- he's pretend Canadian. He's born in Latvia, then he lives in Canada. I don't think, he doesn't even live in Canada anymore, I don't think, does he? Doesn't he? No, he trains at Extreme Couture in yeah. Vegas. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know if we're going to give him the Canadian rub or not. Um, this is his debut at uh, Middleweight, which Dan and I mentioned, or Dan mentioned in a previous episode, kind of skeptical on because he's a pretty jacked dude at light heavyweight, right? Yeah, I mean, he's enormous. <laughs> yeah, and somehow he's going to suck 20 more pounds out of his body for weigh-in. So we'll, we'll see. You may want to hold off uh, on this fight until, until you see what uh, he looks like on the scales. But um, let's break her down. He's 15-6 with five knockouts, eight submissions. He's been knocked out himself four times. He's 6-4 and four in the UFC. He got TKO'd his last fight. He, we got another pattern, win-loss, win-loss. So he lost his last fight. He's actually only won two of his last six. He's another guy that... Uh, big things were thought of him, and then he kind of fizzled out. Um, all of his last four fights, so of, of his last six fights, he's lost four of them, and they all were via some form of knockout or TKO. Like I said, this will be his debut at middleweight. He was a Brazilian jiu-jitsu champion in a previous life. Um, two inches taller, striking active, striking stats in his favor, grappling in his favor. He's at plus 130. Jocko, 22-5, and five, six knockouts, one submission, 9-5 and five in the UFC. Three and one over his last four. He did lose his last fight, though, after winning three straight. He was used to be a welterweight, so these guys are just like the last fight. They're, they're coming from different directions of the weight spectrum. He's two years younger than Serkinov, minus 165. I'm going to take my first official dog here. I'm going to take Serkinov because I don't – Jocko's not really much of a finisher, and that pretty much Serkinov's weakness is getting finished, and probably it'll be even worse now that he's cutting more weight, but I, I think he can get the job done here. So this is not only your first underdog on this card, this is your first underdog in two weeks. Uh, yeah, that's true. I feel, I feel like it's worth mentioning. Uh, you've yeah, been extra wow. chalky. Um, but I'm going to agree with you on this one. I do like Misha right. Serkinov as well. Um, I, I think while we joked about, you know, being just absolutely perplexed about how this guy is going to make it down to middleweight, I also think people writing him off as, as not being as good as Jocko here just based on that weight cut is potentially dangerous, right? Like yeah. if, if you look at if you look at um Jocko's career record, it's not like he's some crazy finisher. You know what I mean? Like you know, Seven decisional, finishes. Yeah, Seven but, finishes but, but, but look, wins, so. but look where they much. are, too. They're not even in the UFC, right? Decision yeah. over Anders, decision over Barrio, decision over Amandoski, decision over Tialis Lathes. He did knock out Tamden, the barn cat, McCrory. 
Um, uh, remember course, him? I bet you. I bet you liked him. I love Tim. That is very much one of my guys, right? Um, you know, decision Brad Scott, decision Scott Askham, decision Tor Trying, um, decision Bruno Santos. He's got one finish in the UFC total. So yes, he does have seven KOs, but like none of them are in the UFC. Um, so that worries me because he's fighting Misha Serkinov, a guy who you know just comes at you and is in your face and. You know, like you said, he's had problems with being finished. Now he's fighting a guy he probably doesn't have to worry about that with. So people who can't finish Mika Sir- Misha Serkinov wind up getting finished. So, uh, yeah, like I- I'm willing to roll the dice enough on his weight cut that I, I think he can get it done. Yep. And, um, hopefully the gas tank is, is in, in place. If he doesn't get it done earlier, that's another thing to worry about. But like I said, you may want to wait until weigh-ins to, to pick this one, unless you see the line headed in the wrong direction, then you may want to jump on it. Um, let's move on to welterweights. Alex Oliveira versus Nico Price. Nicknames, yes, the hybrid. Nico, Nico the hybrid Price and Cowboy Oliveira, which is... Who had that nickname first, though? I don't know, Never but I like, I like that they, they designate him as, as Brazilian. Brazilian, cowboy. yes. So that, yeah, it's kind of a nice yeah. touch. Yeah. Do you remember other interesting facts I told you about him, Dan? Uh, was he the one who got who was bombed? Did, did he, the grenade he, attack. Yes. Yeah, he's attacked by a grenade, yeah. Yes. And uh, how many children does he have? Do you remember like that? 312 or something. Some, yes. <laughs> I'm not looking it up, but yes, he has a lot of children also. All right. Um, Let's do Brazilian Cowboy first, Oliveira. He, I thought he was taking this a short notice, but I guess I don't see that list anymore. It's, do you remember? That the Cowboy was? Yeah. It's, or, I was thinking this was like a last, not a last minute, but maybe maybe it was like a month or no, two. No, I, I, I think this was this was like just full on books. Yeah. Okay, I, I, good. To my uh, I'm, I'm thinking I get him and uh, Francisco Trinado mixed up. I think Trinado might be taking Oh, he just stepped what? into a fight. Yeah, yep. yeah. Recently. I get those two guys mixed up for some reason, but yes. Okay. Bustly the Brazilian Cowboy. dudes. <laughs> it's all, all Brazilians look alike there. There's a hot take. Look out. Um, let's go with the Cowboy. He's 22-10-1 with two no contests. 12 knockouts, five submissions. He's been subbed six times in his career, so that is his kryptonite. He's 11-8 and eight with one no contest in the UFC. He's lost two straight fights. He's won two, only two of his last seven fights. He has had problems missing weight in the past. He used to fight at lightweight. This is up at welterweight. Um, what else can I tell you? He used to be a pro kickboxer. I wrote pro kickboxer. I think that's something different. Hmm. You know, what's kick, I don't know what kickboxing is, but um, he has the striking stats in his favor. He's at plus 125 if anybody wants to take him. Uh, Nico Price, 14-2, a 2-0 no contest. 10 knockouts, 3 submissions. So everything's a finish just that one fight for this guy. He's been knocked out three times himself. He's six and five with two no contests in the UFC. He is winless over his last three fights. He's 0-2 with the draw. Um, I think the draw actually got turned to a no contest. Yes, it did. Because he likes to smoke the weed and pop for it. Uh, his last win was way back in October of 2019. He's got an inch of height, and he's only one year younger than Oliveira. I would have guessed he's way younger. Would you have not guessed he's way younger? That, that Nico Price is... Is yeah. way younger than Cowboy. I mean, Cowboy just kind of looks forever. Yeah, and he yeah. kind of looks weathered too. Like he looks like he's been hit a lot. There's a lot of kids. Yeah, that, a lot. That's probably it. <laughs> and you got hit by a grenade, man. What do you want from this guy? Yeah, I guess um, we should cut him some slack. <laughs> Price is the more active striker of the two. He's at minus one fifty-five. Um, I'll take Price here. Dan, Dan, I'll tell you why I'm correct. Yeah, I, I think you're gonna. You should take Price here too. Uh, C- Cowboy is just kind of. 
he sort of entered that realm where he like likes to make a lot of mistakes. Um, particularly he likes to, you think? Yeah, he seems to. (laughs) I mean, like if you saw the guillotine, he just like carefully put himself in against Shavkat Rachmanov, who again, one of my guys, I like Shavkat Rachmanov, but like, he he just was like, oh, you're kind of hitting me standing up, so here's my neck. Let's get this over with. Um, and then same thing with Randy Brown. He just kind of – he wound up in a one-arm rear-naked joke uh, like two minutes into the fight. So, yeah, like I don't have a lot of faith in Cowboy Oliveira to do things that are safe all the time. And Nico Price is one of those dudes who – he puts himself in danger, but like at the same time you feel kind of safe that he's not going to get knocked out. Like – I mean, if, if Vicente Luque could punch that dude in the face nonstop for 15 minutes and he didn't get knocked out, I don't know that Cowboys got a good chance of knocking him out. So, yeah, I'm just going to say Nico Price by, let's say, the weirdest thing that you can think of. Um, I mean, he's already got two upkick finishes, so maybe maybe something spinning. Yeah, that sounds good. So are you, you trying to say that a guy who has 10 kids from a bunch of different relationships and got hit by a grenade is not safe and makes mistakes? Yeah. Is that what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> That's what you're trying to tell me, man. That might be a nice take, actually. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we agreed in every fight except the one that you went out in the limb on so far, too. Let's see. Okay, the last two fights are the ones that we're having some trouble with. So let's see if we both landed on the same side of the coin here or not. Um, middleweights. Kevin Holland is back. It seems like he's been gone forever, right? Because we're used to him every other card, him being yeah. on it. Yeah, he's but been gone he, for all three cards or something. So who knows what he? Who knows what he's added to his game now? All that time off. Um, Kevin Holland versus Kyle Dawkins at middleweight. Um, Kevin Holland is a trailblazer. Um, Dawkins is nothing. Is he the younger brother or the older brother of? He's of the younger Chris? brother. Yeah, younger Chris and smaller. So he, little bro, his nickname is going to be. Um, little bro is ten and two with eight submissions. To his credit, he's never been finished in a fight. He's one and two in the UFC. Hey, we got another pattern: loss, win, loss. Uh, he's in the UFC. He's got a streak going here. He lost his last fight. He was 1-0 in the Contender Series. Grappling stats in his favor, plus 125. For Kevin Holland, he's 21-7 with 12 knockouts, 5 submissions. He's been subbed twice himself, which is something of note since he's going up against submission specialist. He's 8-4 in the UFC. Um, lost his last two. He's one was 1-0 in the Contender Series, 1-0 in Bellator. Used to be a welterweight. He also was 2-1 as a pro, pro kickboxer, 5 inches of reach. Striking and active striking sets in his favor, minus 155. I've flopped onto the side of the dog here because there's a clear path to victory here, um, taking him down and submitting him. So I'll take Kyle Dawkins. Well, that's good because I'm going to take Kevin Holland. So we've, oh, got, okay. uh, we've got some difference here. Yeah, I, I get that that's like the narrative on why the line has probably gotten as yeah. close as it has, right? Like that, that that's – if you're going to pick Kyle Dawkins, you are largely thinking he can take him down and control him. But yeah. I think that that narrative about, like, Kevin Holland being very easy to take down and, like, very easily controlled is somewhat overplayed and somewhat skewed. Because, like, who took him down and controlled him? Derek Brunson and Marvin Vittori, the two best wrestlers in the division, hands down. Yeah. Nobody even close. So, like, when you consider that, and, and even with that, too, let, let, let's also remember that when he was on the feet with Marvin Vittori, he he looked way better than Marvin Vittori on the feet. Like, way better than Marvin Vittori on the yep. feet. And I'm just not positive that, like, once he gets those hands going, that, like, 
Kyle Dawkins is even going to be able to see where the takedown is. Um, because he, he is a really good striker. I mean, he like beat the hell out of Joaquin Buckley, um, who, who's a guy like a lot of people like his striking. And I mean, he knocked out Jacare from his back and like he knocked out Anthony Fluffy Hernandez. And like, he just is like a really good fighter when you're, you're letting him stand up and throw. And I think there's going to be enough of this fight letting him stand up and throw where Dawkins isn't going to get the grappling going. So, yeah, I'm actually going to take Kevin Holland um, with his stand-up, speedy enough. And I'll say this, I actually like him with a knockout prop here too. Hey, you always do a good job at making me unsure of my picks, Dan, but I'll stick with Dawkins. So I guess it's good. You're persuasive. Um, let's go to the main event, shall we? This is another one we're having a hard time picking, which – Probably is good news. Uh, light heavyweights, Diego Santos, Johnny Walker. Santos is Moretta, which is the sledgehammer. Walker doesn't have a nickname. I guess he doesn't need one because he's, what, named after a liquor and he's crazy. So he yeah, I, I, always, I always sort of half assumed he was one of those British – or those uh, those Brazilian guys who's, right. got, who's got like a uh, – A fake name. A, a fake <laughs> name. A name that he doesn't go by, right? Yeah. And, uh, I looked it up. His his real name is Johnny Walker, so that's, that's wild, not, eh? Yeah, it's not true, but uh, yep. Yeah, didn't didn't see that one coming. Nope. Um, Walker, eighteen and five with fifteen knockouts, two submissions. Uh, he's been knocked out himself three times. He's four and two in the UFC. He's only won one of his last three. He won via KO his last fight, which was a year ago, September twenty twenty. He was one and zero in the Contender Series. He used to fight at heavyweight briefly. He's got four inches of height on Santos, six inches of reach, eight years of youth. He's a more active striker of the two, plus 135. The sledgehammer is 21 and nine, the Brazilian sledgehammer. Uh, 21 and nine with 15 knockouts, one submission. He's been knocked out himself three times and subbed three times. He's 13 and seven in the UFC. He's lost his last three fights. His last win was back in February of 2019. Uh, he also was on the Ultimate Fighter. He was two and two. He used to fight at middleweight. Minus 185. We'll let you go first here since I did the co-main event. What side did you flip-flop onto? So when I was looking at this fight, it's really apparent that uh, Tiago Santos is a better technical striker. Um, Tiago Santos is probably, if he had choose to wrestle here, has probably got the better wrestling. Um, I, I think he's probably got actually better submission skills than Johnny Walker. Um, when his big punches land, he may even have better knockout power. Um, and with all that being said, I'm going to take Johnny Walker, um, because he's an agent of chaos and that's pretty much, uh, the only thing you need to know about him is that he makes you fight a really fucking stupid fight. Um, one that nobody should fight ever. Like, I mean, I mean like the, the one that sticks out to me when, when you look back at Johnny Walker's career is like, t- take the fight he, he had against Ryan Spann, right? Like he... He was fighting Ryan Spann. Ryan Spann was getting everything he wanted going, and then just suddenly it devolved into this wild exchange of crazy punches, and Ryan Spann's unconscious next to him. Um, you know, you can use the Nikita Krylov fight as, like, a counterpoint that, like, you can fight a smart fight, but, like, Nikita Krylov is, like, a pretty good grappler, so, like, it's different. Tiago Santos, I don't see that as a... A method, right? Like, you, I, I see him standing with him, and, you know, look at the guys who standed with him. Khalil Browntree lasted less than two minutes. Justin Ledette lasted 15 seconds. Misha Serkinov lasted 36 seconds. Ryan Spann lasted a whopping two minutes and 43 seconds. So, like, 
man, it's just not a good idea to stand with Johnny Walker. And I have the weirdest feeling that Tiago Santos is going to do it for long enough for Johnny Walker to just turn it into a crazy enough fight. Yeah, I'm also taking uh, Johnny Walker. Um, yeah, but for reasons like you said, um, I think Santos is a uh, type of guy who you can suck into um, crazy type of fight if you want one. Plus, Walker's got a lot of length on him, much younger, and he's far more active uh, striker. So, yeah, I, I think. Uh, but uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him. But like you said last, I think it was last podcast. Like we don't even know if Johnny Walker's good yet, do we? I I don't think we ever will. That isn't no. that the worst part of it. It's like That's you, light heavyweight for you also. I so. <laughs> I don't think you will ever know if he's a good fighter. Um, we, like when he retires, you will still be asking yourself, like, was Johnny Walker good? And I I think you'll remember that he dislocated his shoulder doing the worm, and that that's probably yeah. what you'll remember. <laughs> but is that not perfect for light heavyweight? Do we know? It's, that, it's exactly you know what anyone? it's exactly. Anthony what we need. is Diego Santos even good? Like we don't know. So. We don't know. Um, all right. Uh, You've got some props or parlays. The degenerates always want, like, like massive parlays. Do you have anything interesting to give the people? So, so let's start with just a couple of quick props. Uh, I mentioned that I liked uh, Kevin Holland to win by knockout. You can get that at, like, plus, 250, plus 250 to plus 300. Um, I also like Anthony Hernandez to win in round one. Uh, you can get that right around the same price, 240 to 260 right now. Um, I think he's going to just absolutely steamroll Breeden. And the fact that he comes out hard no matter who he's fighting, um, he's fighting a guy on short notice who who doesn't look like he belongs in there. I think that that's a big one too. So um, those are my two big props for this one. Let's put together a parlay for you guys uh, so that you can look at some big juicy money uh, and decide. So I would say – you know, while I love Carol Rosa and I'd like to put her in a parlay, and I'd same with Alex Hernandez, those ones aren't going to do anything for your number. So I'd probably stay away from those. I do really like Alejandro Perez. I mentioned before that I think he's a good one. We both, me and Jeff, are in on Shannon Young. We think she's going to win that one. Shannonal. The Shanimal. So we'll take uh, Alejandro Perez and Shannon Young. We both like Casey O'Neill. Um, again, kind of a larger favorite, but yeah, I think she's safe. And, and for the price Joe Selecki's currently chilling at, I think that that one's a pretty easy one to stick in just about any parlay. Uh, we'll close it all off uh, with Aspen Ladd. Um, so that's Alejandro Perez. And then we go with the ladies, Shannon Young, Casey O'Neill, and Aspen Ladd. And then Joe Selecki, you're gonna get ten to one. Uh, that's Ooh. you. You might like the uh, you might like the big crazy eighty-eight to ones, but uh, you're gonna need to do a whole fine. a whole yeah. Ten, I like ten to one here, and you know what? Like I said, the 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 only one who I am like not absolutely certain that I I really like in this fight is Alejandro Perez on his layoff uh, worries me mildly, and Shannon Young. Um, should she tire out? But the, Casey O'Neill, Joe Selecki, Aspen Ladder, a great basis for any set of parlays. And and the the uh, levels you bet at too, Dan. That's a, that's gonna be a lot of zeros coming back your way. Right? <laughs> that's that's always that's always big zeros. Yeah, we don't yeah. we don't talk we don't talk about we don't talk about me gambling. I I gamble in figurative sense. <laughs> that's why that's why he's called the Danimal because he he uh, he's a hardcore hardcore 
but yeah, I'm the no. guy. I'm the guy who, when they, who is it that they said? Oh, somebody on the last, the last weekend's broadcast, they said it put, you know, you know, they put the little updates in the corner. DraftKings yeah. Sportsbook. So DraftKings Sportsbook is alerted us that somebody has put five thousand dollars on Martin Snow Jr. and it would pay out you. No, nobody could have been lower on Martin Snow Jr. than I was. The dude lasted fifteen seconds, and I'm yep. imagining that guy with his five thousand dollar bet on. <laughs> and just what an idiot! <laughs> it was probably probably someone named Danimal or Shanimal that that made that bet. Um, it, I think we did a pretty good job making this card seem fairly interesting, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I think I think the more I talk about it, there are a couple of ones. Like I am really interested in what Misha Zerganoff looks like. Yeah. Uh, at this weight class. Hey, wait, we didn't pick locks yet. I forgot. But now that we're winning on our locks again, we better pick some locks. So I think it's your turn to go first. Who do you want to take for your lock? Um, I'm going to go with Casey O'Neill. Okay. Yeah, I already mentioned Casey. her as part of my parlay, but Casey O'Neill yep. should beat the hell out of Antonina Shoshenko. All right. Casey, the king is Dan's pick. Who do I want? What's someone with a decent, do I really care about the number that much or not? Mm. There's one, there's one in there with a better number than Casey O'Neill that I almost picked too. Nico Price or Aspen Ladd? I'm, I mean, I'm no. not going to give it to you. you no, I know. Of course not. You're still uh, and one of those doesn't have a better number than, than Casey O'Neill. Yeah, I know. You, you like Joe Selecki, probably? Yeah, that's the one I yeah. like. Uh, I don't know if I like that from lock. Uh, I'm going to go – I like Aspen Ladd. I'm going to take her for my lock. Uh, I think she's just better all around, and she will be my pick. So Casey O'Neill and Aspen Ladd are the locks. And it's Dan's bedtime now, right, Dan? We better get you off the bed <laughs> <Yeah>. now. <laughs> Put this my, one in the book. Ed- it's my editing time. <laughs> oh, yes. It's true. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to episode 77. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday with episode 78. Imagine that. Um, and we'll tell you how great we did with our picks. Uh, in the meantime, make sure, like I said, you subscribe to this here feed, this MMA Gambling Podcast feed, and keep those numbers rising that we have there. I uh, appreciate everyone listening. Um, what else can you do? Follow us on Twitter, Jeff Fox Writer. He's Gumby Vreeland. Uh, you can listen to Dan's Top Turtle MMA podcast, who just showed up in my feed, and I see you interview two people who I picked to win this week, which is never a good sign for me. Yeah, but th- there's a lot of people on this card who I have uh, interviewed before. I think you picked more than one of them, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, so this week, Devontae Smith you and picked, Joe Selecki. You, right? you picked my, pick my guy, Johnny Walker, who's been on the yeah. show. You yeah. picked Misha Serkinov, who's been on the show. Misha Serkinov was on, I want to say, episode two. Uh, yeah. of the Top Turtle podcast uh, five years ago, um, and not since then. But, uh, yeah. That's because he's not Canadian anymore, so he's not nice. <laughs> yeah, so you got Devontae Smith and Joe Selecki on this week. If you guys want to hear Gumby talk to those people who we both picked to win their fights, you can also listen to his prelim picker, prelim primer. Uh, I, I'll get it right, finally. Prelim primer. Prelim primer podcast, even though I'm not on it this week, you, you can listen in and see who he and his co-host a pick in for all the, the prelim picks um, and read all the stuff. Obviously sports podcast.com tons of football on there. We have our NBA previews running out every day. Also um, MMA dance, Dana White contender series uh, columns go up Monday um, early in the day. And he's, as, as we told you, starting the show, he's uh, he's a killer. He's a soothsayer at that, with, with his picks there. So you're going to want to check that out. Um, that's pretty much all I got to say. Um, I'm going to let the Danimal take it, take us on this week. I'm the Danimal, Daniel Freeland, <laughs> yeah. and he is Juicy Jeff Fox, and we will catch you on Sunday. My new nickname should be Amazingly Canadians.